This is Pastor Flosser, and you're getting ready to listen to the preached Word of God taken directly from one of our services at Faith and Truth Assembly in Thomasville, Pennsylvania. We hope it is a blessing to you, and if you could take some time and just go over to the Contact Us tab on this website and send us a little message. Let us know if there's any questions we can answer, any prayer requests we can bring before the Lord on your behalf. We want to help you in any way we can. God bless you and enjoy the word. Psalm 137, verse 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon. Everybody said, Babylon. There we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps on the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the response comes back, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? God bless you. You can be seated. What's God's people, what's the church doing in Babylon? It says that we, God's people, find ourselves in a place called Babylon in this time that we're speaking of from the Bible. God's people were carried away captive. Talk to you about it. There's a lot that, a while back, there's a lot that... Uh, we can see in modern times, uh, we live in a very secure nation, but yet we see things that are crumbling around us, bringing threats to our security. And in that come a lot of questions. We've always in this nation been just uh, a nation of might, a nation that just with common sense says we ought to defend ourselves, be strong militarily, have strong borders. But yet now that's been so, so just confused by so many people that I think have ulterior motives in our nation. And, and we, we consider that there are, there are others in this world that want to destroy our nation. We consider that there are others that hate the way of life that we live and, and would gladly see it destroyed. There are similarities that we can see in what the Bible says about what God's people were going through. Israel was a land of promise, that land that was the promised land we talked about this morning. But God's people were not faithful. They became idolatrous. It was the church that had the responsibility. We're not looking at the politicians. We're not looking at the, the leaders, though we pray for them. But it's a church that has a responsibility to keep God working. Amen? God's people in the Old Testament started looking around at the world and started to become more like the world. We use the term worldly. Like the world. We are distinct. We have our own identity. We are God's people. We do things God's way. There's a way a child of God ought to look, ought to dress, ought to talk. Amen? But, not overnight, sometimes we read things in the Bible, 
And we can see God looks at the heart. And if the heart's backslid, it's going to show, but it usually does not show overnight. Amen? We've said it before, people, that it just seems like, wow, look at that. They just fall away so quickly. Oh, no, it didn't just happen right there. There was a, a, a slow fade of, of their principles, and they're, they're putting God first. And we, we see the, the influence of the world. We see the influence of Uh, of ungodliness in our nation, but what I'm most concerned about is the church. What I'm most concerned about is the identity of uh, of us, that we can stand and say, hey, this is what God wants. But we can see that compromise. Just going to say it very boldly, we can see many that have once walked in the way that now look more like the world, talk more like the world. Their priorities are more about the world. There's not really a desire for holiness in their life, for separation, for truth, for revival. Those things aren't paramount. They aren't the the top priorities in their life. Oh, you can talk all you want, but I'll tell you, it takes a life to really get God's truth in you. To hold on and defend God's truth. To say, I, I need a move of God. It's more than just saying, I wish I saw it. It's another thing altogether. Just go ahead and reach for it and press for it and fight for it. And we can see the influence. We can see the destruction, really. The, the damage that the enemy is trying to, to put on the church. In the Old Testament, God's people began to fall away. There's always been a small group. The Bible calls it a remnant. You ever hear that word remnant? It means just, you know what, a lot of folks are are messing up, but there's always, always going to be a, a, a people within the people of God that love this, that will stand, that will fight, that will hold on, as her sister was singing. Amen? Are you hearing me? God's judgment, God's anger moved against His people. And this word we call captivity is a very simple word. But think about it. It's been a couple of years, I think, since I preached about what would happen. We're talking about terrorism. People talk about ISIS and Al-Qaeda. And, and uh, these different uh, terrorist organizations. What would happen to us today if captivity... God allowed captivity. See, what happened was their enemy was Babylon. Babylon was a nation that did not worship God, worshipped idols, had strange practices that, that involved all kind of lewdness and lust in their worship to false gods. And God said, you don't want to serve me? I'll take away all my blessings and I will move Upon Babylon, they will overtake you militarily, and they will kill many of your people, and the ones that are still alive, they will bring you into their nation, and you'll be their captives, their prisoners. That's where they are in Psalm 37. God's people who were in the promised land are not in the promised land anymore. They've been taken prisoners into a strange land. Now, that remnant, okay, not not everybody was backslid, but the vast majority were. 
that remnant now is doing their best to have church in Babylon. Right? To live for God in a strange land. They're doing their best to, to, to have revival and pray. But they look around and they see the strange things that are not what they grew up with. They don't see folks living holy. They don't see people being decent and modest. They don't hear clean talk. They hear the filth of Babylon. They look around and they don't see the modesty. You know, even today, my my wife and I, I forget who we were talking with. I think it was somebody here in church. But uh, if you go into, sometimes you'll see it around here, but just a few miles south, if you spend a little time in Baltimore and maybe walk around some of the nicer areas, you'll see a lot more of the Jewish community down there. We go to uh, Washington, D.C., and sometimes we'll see them there in uh, by the Holocaust Museum as well, people coming in from all areas of the nation. And you'll see them. I'm not telling you that... Uh, that uh, they know Jesus and they're saved, but you know what? You'll see, you'll see women with long hair, long sleeves, long skirts. Amen. These, I, I have an article in uh, a man had given me uh, actually the whole uh, magazine of uh, of a National Geographic, and there is a uh, a sign posted up by the west the Western Wall. One of the, 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 what some call the Wailing Wall. It's a part of the old Jerusalem Wall that's still there. And they go and pray there and say, for the Messiah to return. And in that is, uh, they have posted signs that say, you must dress modestly here. This is, this is a serious place of reverence. And it doesn't just say modesty. It says Long skirts below your knees, sleeves below your elbows. Amen. Dresses on the women. It says these things right there on the Western Wall. But now in Psalm 137, they're not by the Western Wall. They're not by the Wailing Wall. They're not near Jerusalem. They're in Babylon. They look around and they see the styles of the world. They see the tight clothes. They see the the immodesty. They see the revealing clothes. Amen. They hear the slang and the cursing. They hear the music that, that glorifies sin and sexuality and, and, and uh, everything that is ungodly. They, they don't hear the, the beautiful songs of, about Jehovah. Amen. And it affects them. As this psalm opens, they are sitting by the river Maybe this was a place, I don't know, but maybe this is a place where they would gather for a small service. Maybe this is a place where they would gather for a little prayer meeting and they would sing a few songs, a few hymns, a few worship songs. And they would get their harps and, and, and just play a melody and sing worship unto the Lord. But this day, the Bible says, as they look around and see all the sin, see all the filth, the moral filth, they see the influence, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later, they see it not only in the Babylonians, but they see it affecting their own brothers and sisters. The Bible says they take those harps and just hang them on the willow trees. And they sit down and they cry over what 
They remember, but they're not seeing in this day today. They don't recognize uh, uh, what they once loved. and That's why we have to defend revival, because if you don't, if you don't fight for it, you'll lose it. And a lot of times people want to lament, where did it go? But where were they when people were saying, come on, let's pray. Come on, let's fight this battle. Sadly, as they weep, as they talk about how there's so little that they recognize, there was a remnant. There were people that prayed. There were people that, that loved truth. There were people that, that lived holy. But that small group within the group was hurting because they, they, they saw how the enemy had just moved against their nation, their people, and their church. Add insult to injury, some of the Babylonians. I started saying earlier it would almost be like, like one of these Middle Eastern nations. Maybe some of their bombs do go off, do get across the border, do infiltrate more than just what the horrors of 9-11 were, but even greater. And they take us back. Can you imagine trying to have church in Iraq? really is Babylon. That's exactly where Babylon was. A lot of people try to connect that and what we're dealing with now with with Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, and I don't know that you can do just that, but can you imagine having to be shipped over as a prisoner in Iraq and saying, now you've got to live for God. You've got to be saved. Brother was talking about, I don't want to be lost. What if you were a prisoner in a nation that didn't, did not worship Jesus? It's happened. This is what these people are going through. Our forefathers of faith. That's what they're facing. They're not in Israel. They're not in Jerusalem. They're not in their hometown. They're in Iraq. And some of the Babylonians, can I say, just kind of to bring it home a little bit more, some of those Iraqis, they say, hey, we heard about how you have church. We heard about some of those songs you sing. We heard it's pretty neat. It says, they that wasted us required of us mirth. Where's that joy? Where's that shout? Where's that dance? Come on, I'd like to see you shout all over the place. I wonder if one of them wouldn't have said in that days, I heard about something y'all call speaking in tongues. Let me hear you speak in tongues. I'm interested in hearing about that. Right? Let me hear you sing some of those choruses. Let me hear you... I've heard all about it. They that wasted us required of us mirth. They that carried us away captive required of us a song. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the answer goes back sadly. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I think that's the battle that we face. Don't you think I'm separated from it? To have church in a day like we're having today, to have church against everything we face, to have church sometimes right in the presence of your enemies, to have church right around folks that really don't care about revival, amen, is a battle. Sometimes I think people see the pastor just go ahead and have in church anyhow, and they think, oh, he doesn't see it, he doesn't care. Now, I probably care a whole lot more than y'all put together. It matters to me immensely, Amen but to do it rather than just to lament about it. Praise God, that's the battle.
Amen. You got to rise above it. You got to soar above it and say, God, if you don't do it, praise God, it can't get done. But I'm going to have church. I'm going to be a part of what you're doing. But there's a battle that says, how can we do it when so much is changing? It has changed. So many call themselves Christians and you say, that's not what a Christian looks like. That's not what a Christian acts like. That's not the language of a Christian. That's not the identity of somebody that's got what God gave me. And it makes it difficult to sing in a strange land. That's what these folks felt. Look at Jeremiah. I want to preach to you something here that the Lord's been working on me for a couple of weeks now. Jeremiah 29. Something I don't know I've ever heard anybody really deal with. See, when God got ready to bring them into Babylon... He said, it's just going to happen now. And he talked to the remnant. He talked to that group within the group, those people that were solid, loved God no matter what. I'm serving God no matter how this nation goes, no matter how other people go. I'm going to live for God. I'm not going to get my sight on what's popular or whatever. I know what God did for me. I know what God gave me. And nobody's going to get me down. And he told them, Jeremiah 29, 4. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. God saying, okay, you're going to go into this captivity. You're going to go into a strange land. You're going to look around tomorrow and not recognize what you're used to. Right? You know what he says to them? Build your houses. Some of them said, no way, Jeremiah, you are a mess. You are off base. I am not going to Babylon. God said, this is going to happen. You're going to have to be the church in Babylon now. We can't just keep talking about what used to be. We're going to have to be God's people. He said, go ahead and build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat the fruit of them. Take you wives, beget sons and daughters, take wives for your sons, give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may, listen, that you may be increased and not diminished. I'm going to bless you in this strange land. There's a lot of people that said, no, 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 that's not right. I can't live for God that way. I can't be blessed that way. And, and God said, you do it or you're rebelling. You do it or you're out of my will and you will die by the sword if you don't just go ahead. And in the worst of times, in the worst of situations, you be blessed. You see that? I've got a way to take my remnant, my little flock, and bless you in a strange land. I'll tell you, the church has to be the church in Babylon. We cannot give up. Amen. Be increased and not diminished and seek the peace of the city. Don't sit in this day and constantly fight and, and bicker and cause trouble. Seek peace. Do, do the best you can to just live for God in the midst of a backslid generation. Can I tell you what we're getting? I, I, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. I always say I don't want to, but this time I think I'm just going to go ahead and do it. What you're going to see down the road is you're going to see people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and all their brothers and sisters. I don't know. I, I thought about this for a while. I thought certainly it didn't mean all of them. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three men living for God, looked around and said, everybody's bowing to false gods. The music's playing, and they're scared for their skin, but we won't bow. They saw the influence of the enemy, but they're willing in Babylon to say, you know what, we're going to live for God. Seek the peace of the city. Where it, whither I've caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you peace. You just live for God right now where you are. God's got blessing. God's got increase for you in a strange land. Turn with me to Daniel, the first chapter. Daniel 1, one. Let's look at this. This is... This is God's people getting carried away. Can, can you imagine if it was your name, 1-1, one, one, the day you were carried away captive into Babylon? The Bible says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. Listen, this is how bad it is. We're taking you to Iraq. We're taking you, and we're taking, we're robbing the house of God. We're taking things that belong to God. We're putting into our idolatrous worship houses, the houses of our false gods. Somebody say, times are tough. Amen? Times are tough. Times are, this, this, is, how can we live for God? The Lord, the king spake to Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. I want you to go to their church and get the best of their young people. I want you to get those that, that uh, you see potential in, and we're going to make them Babylonians. We're going to work against the young people. Amen? We're going to try to influence them to our culture. They call it assimilation. What they do, they've done it many, many times, many different cultures, where they get a hold of somebody, they get a hold of a whole nationality, bring them in and say, we're going to rob you of what you were, your past identity. You're no longer Israelites. You're Babylonians. We're going to give you a Babylonian name. We're going to make you dress like a Babylonian. We're going to teach you. The Babylonian ways, and you are no longer allowed to act like an Israelite. And that's what the devil wants to do with a generation that's come up. You're no longer a Christian. You, you, you don't look like them. You're not going to talk like them. You're not going to act like them. And the devil tries to rob you of your identity. But there were people that said, no, I don't care. Like Moses, he said, I'm not going to be, I'm not an Egyptian. I don't care if I could be Pharaoh. I am not an Egyptian. I don't care if you make me a slave. I am not an Egyptian. Okay, so he says, get the young people. Verse 4, children in whom there was no blemish, well-favored, skillful in all wisdom, cunning in knowledge. Get the best of the best. Understanding science. And such as, I like this, and such as had the ability, had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. We want people that have some class. 
they, they can, they're going to be able to stand in a place of royalty and not be an embarrassment to the king. They know how to talk respectfully. Amen? They know how to carry themselves respectfully. Amen. What would happen if uh, the king of Babylon came to America today and say, Get all the young people that know how to carry themselves with respect. Crickets. No, there's plenty of young people that know how to live right and stand right, but it's going to be through God. Amen. The enemy has tried so hard to rob us of a generation. I, I see it. I'm not saying it's just everybody, but the filth. The way people talk and the way people act in this day that is so, so it's not something that could stand in the king's palace, let's just say. Well, praise God. It says, uh, whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. That's the Babylonian way. The king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and the wine which he drank and nourished them three years that the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now, among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Who is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah? Ever hear about them in the Bible? Well, we know them by their Babylonian names. I'm not going to go through them line by line of what, but their names are associated with their new pagan culture. Unto the prince of the eunuchs gave names for he gave unto Daniel the name Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach, and to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. So, we're going to change your name. Remember how Jesus would do that? Sometimes God would do it to he'd change their name and give them an identity. You're a prince with God. You're the father of many nations. You're the rock, Peter. Amen? You're the sons of thunder. James and John. That's what the king... That's what the enemy does. Tries to rob you of your true identity and says, no, you're not a, sir, a worshiper of God. You're, you're one of us. So now these young men are in a strange land. Now these young men are looking around and seeing Babylonian styles, Babylonian women, not the modest, godly decency of Jerusalem of that time, God's people, but they see the jewelry and the makeup and the, the, the seductive styles all around them. What are they going to do? Now they're away from all the influence, their state uh, of godliness, and they're surrounded by the influence of ungodliness. And it says, you're going to eat the very best of the best. Hey, I like the sound of that. But you've got to understand all this food and this wine was offered unto idols, was given before these false gods. It's a part of their worship to pagan gods. Verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart. He had his mind made up. Can we say it that way? This is just what I believe. This is what I stand for, that he would not defile himself. With a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. What are we going to do in a strange land? I'm going to stand for God. I'm not going to defile myself with that alcohol. I'm not going to defile myself with the, the things that were offered unto idols. I am not a Babylonian. I'm a Babylonian. I'm a child of God. 
When you look around and you see all the influence, you see all the, the compromise. I don't know how many others said, you know what, we'll be okay with it. We'll live for God and still look like them and still act like them and still take their, what they offer us. We're not so worried about that. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel said, no way, that's not what we do. And they stood for God. We talked about it earlier, how they stood when the, when the, king said, you bow before my idol. You bow before my image. You bow before when the musicians play and they start uh, uh, working up the crowd with, uh, with the, the, the music of this world. You just bow to it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did exactly what Jeremiah said. You seek the peace. He said, O king, live forever. We respect, give you the honor that is due you. We're not here to be rebellious. We're not here to, to be uh, um, just come against you with a bad attitude. We come to you respectfully and say, we decline. We are going to not bow before your gods. Daniel, how are we going to get him to fall? Well, we're going to have to make a law against his prayer life because even if we told him, you're going to be fed to the lions if you, do, if you keep praying. He'll keep praying. Right? Because they knew no matter what we do, he's going to, to pray to his God in the strange land. He had that battle. Sometimes I'm sure he felt like hanging his harp on a willow. But he made up his mind, I'm going to keep on praying. They made up their minds, I'm going to stand and I'm not going to bow. God's got a way to keep you in the strange land. God's got a way to keep you in revival, keep you in holiness, keep you in truth. But you've got to fight that battle and win. Your focus can't be on how far they've fallen. Your focus has to be on an exalted God. Amen. Can I tell you, going back to what Jeremiah said, remember what he said before they went into Babylon? Increase. Be blessed. Live in peace. Build your houses. You know, build your families, plant your gardens. Amen. Do what you do. Do what you've always done, but do it in a strange land. That's what we're doing today. I, I can't. I wish I could. I wish. I'm sure Daniel wished he could. Everybody, you better pray. Not everybody prayed. You can't make folks pray. You can't make people. Don't bow to that idol. I've had people get mad. Man, you make them do it. You can't make people. But you can. Be what God called you to be. Amen. So Jeremiah tells them, go ahead and plant your gardens. Just go ahead and be everything. Don't 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 act. Don't don't sit and pine away. Don't sit and just does not do anything. Though though the influence is fighting you and the sadness is is tearing you apart. Just keep planting your gardens. Keep building your houses. Live blessed. When you're surrounded by this world's worst. You know what Daniel did? You know what the three Hebrew children did? They began to live their lives in such a way that they began to rise up in positions of influence in that nation. Isn't that amazing? I think that's the problem with the church sometimes. We, we get so focused on how bad it is, we don't recognize, hey, God's going to open doors for you to be blessed and shine a light somewhere. 
Daniel rises to a place, a position to where even the kings are asking him to pray for them. They're asking for his counsel and his help. Who is Daniel but a young man that was carried into a strange land that said, I'm going to do what God told me to do and increase in this pagan environment? Who are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego but young men that were nobodies but said, you know what, I can live for God, you can call me what you will, you can try your best to to make me what you are, but I'm going to live for God. You see them in positions of influence. You see them being blessed. You see people coming to them now and saying, I want to know more about your God. I want to know more about how you're blessed. I fight this battle with you. I want you to know that. I I always figure people know it. But then people get upset and angry and say, man, why isn't he just flying off the handle all the time because of how messed up things are? That's not productive. I said it before, if I can just say it in a very humble way, it'll mess you up if you get focused on everything the devil's doing. It will. It'll, it'll mess you up. You won't be right. You've got to have revival. How can we sing in a strange land, was what they said. But the psalmist goes on in Psalm 137. The psalmist kind of brings about the understanding that, you know what, we must continue on no matter what the majority is falling for, no matter what people are calling Christian calling Pentecostal, no matter what they're wearing or no matter how they're talking, I cannot forget what God has called me to be. Psalm 137 verse 5 says, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. I'd rather let my... Uh, and we got any lefties here? Sister Carmen, you're a lefty, aren't you? You know. Um, praise the Lord. If, if that dominant hand of yours, let's say, just went paralyzed. That's what that means. I'd rather lose the use of my right hand than forget what God has called me to do. But you're in a strange land. But you're surrounded by the influence. The constant reminder that things aren't right. You're surrounded by people who are saying, hey, I'm so glad for what God's done for me, and you know right well, they don't have it like you know it should be. They don't have that anointing. They don't know revival. They don't love truth like you do. They don't love holiness like you do. But before I let that get me down, I'd rather lose the strength of my right hand. I'd rather not be able to use it. If I had a choice, if I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. I'd rather my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth for good, that I couldn't use it, I couldn't talk, than forget what God has called me to be, even in a strange land. 
How can I sing in a strange land? I must. I can't forget who God called me to be. I don't have enough time to just just sit around and whine and 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 find disgust in all the people that have, have walked away from God's truth. I've got to live this. I've got to love this. Amen. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. If God's house and God's ways are not above the very best that I that I enjoy in this world, then I am a failure. God's God's going to help us in a strange land. I don't have them in my notes, and you can look them over maybe later. The last two verses of that chapter go on to talk about God's going to judge. God's going to judge Babylon. God's going to judge the enemy that has come against us, the devil and his, his, all his tactics, all his schemes that have come against the church. And all those that have been pulled down and away, their hearts have been deceived. God's going to put that all in order. And he uses terms that are just just incredibly strong for just the idea how God's enemies will be judged. But God's got a remnant. Listen to me, remnant. Those of you that love revival, that you love a move of God's Spirit, that you don't want to go through one service without feeling God's touch, God's reality. You don't want a dry, dead service. And you press and you fight for that. Some days it's difficult. Some days it's there's not a lot of people maybe pressing, pushing with you. And you it, it, it breaks your heart and wonder, why don't people want this? It's right there within our reach. Listen to me remnant those of you that love truth that you say this is there's only one way not every way is right there's i've got to still believe in one god that jesus name is the only name that that the holy ghost baptism is not an option but it's a necessity for us all that those of you that love holiness, that are not, that, that don't want to, to, to let up just a little bit. You don't want to, the, the, the fashions of this world that are so sensual and seductive. You don't want it. You don't want any part of it. But you see it around you. You see it. You see people battling with it. You see people dabbling in it. You see uh, it's influenced the Babylonian way, the worldly way. You hear it in the music. You hear it in the in, in the in the beat. You hear it in the uh, the the lyrics of of wherever you go, and you say that's not it's not what I am. Listen, remnant, praise God. We must we must in a strange land in a last day when. When this nation, and yes, even so many that call themselves Christians, are, are more Babylonian than anything, there's still got to be a church. There's still got to be a people that are fighting the fight. There's still got to be a people that are pushing through it, even in Babylon. If you read some of this, I don't know if many people are even familiar with Jeremiah and what he was saying there in chapter 29, but there's many chapters where he's saying, no, 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 understand, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. You cannot just give up because Babylon's taken over. You cannot just stop and say, no, there's no way I can have church. You're going to have to increase in Babylon. 
you got to understand this. Jeremiah said there were some that said, no, it's not going to happen. We'll fight it to the end. He said, you'll die in rebellion because this is what the Lord says. You just go ahead and, and understand you can be a child of God when Babylon is all around you. Amen. You must. You must. This is the day we're living in, and we've got to be the church. We don't love it. Our hearts are in heaven. Amen. Amen. We're not excited about compromisers. We're not excited about the, the battle that is trying to wear us down and cause us to just hang our harps on a will. But we must overcome. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, can you come play something for us? How can we sing in a strange land? Hey, we're, we're going to have to do it. Jeremiah said, it's coming. That's, you're going to be surrounded by Babylon. You're going to be surrounded. And, and so many, so many that were carried away. You know, later on in the Bible, when God opened the doors for his people to get out of Babylon and to go back to Israel... Only one out of ten said, let's go back. Let's get out of here. Nine out of ten said, oh, we're comfortable in Babylon. Nine out of ten of God's people, 90% of the church, when the opportunity was get out of Babylon and get in back home to where you can be, just worship God in that pure environment, they said, oh, no, we're happy here. God wants us to grow and be increased and blessed while we're in Babylon, but He doesn't want our hearts here. He doesn't want this to be our home. He wants us to keep on yearning and desiring for a day of purity. Oh, hallelujah. Don't let it get in your hearts. There's a people that won't. There's a people that refuse, I know. But I'm talking to you today saying don't let it wear you down to where you just give up. Don't let it weigh down your prayer life. Don't let it weigh down the influence on your job, the influence that you have and around you in the culture. Don't, don't let that affect you. Don't be like Babylon. Look again at your styles. Look again at your music. Look again at your language. Don't let that Babylonian culture, that sinful worldly ways steal, rob your identity. Hold on. Hold on. God can keep you. God can work in you. God can take you through. Oh, hallelujah. Can we all stand? Just lift our hands to Him. Can we all stand and just reach out right now? God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. It's a hard day we're living in, perilous times. It's, it's, it's a hard day. Young men, young ladies, I know it's, you're up against a lot. We understand that. The devil's put out a special campaign against you to try to rob the next generation if the Lord would tarry. It breaks our hearts to see so many that just grow up with the benefits of church around them and slip off into something that is compromised. It breaks our hearts. It hurts us. It's hard 
when you're surrounded by it day by day, and there's so few, I know. But you know, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood up and said, we won't bow, they didn't have a majority of of peer pressure helping them. They had they had to stand with boldness against so many others that said, Don't don't make a don't make a big deal about it. If you're gonna pray and if you're gonna be saved, you're gonna have to do it while Babylon seems to be in control praying for you church I'm praying for you I know the burden of the remnant I know the burden of those that are looking around and saying Babylon just seems like their their filth is getting into everything but we're trying we're trying to pull people out we're trying to show a better way don't give up don't give up keep on singing that songs of Zion keep on living for him keep on standing keep on praying God's going to see you through. Hallelujah. Let's find a place to pray. Jesus. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk just like he's listening to you. Talk to him. And like he's just sitting there with you. Tell him what you need. Tell him. Be honest with God. Pray. Pray and talk to God like you never have. Lord, we need you tonight. We need you. We see Babylon all around us. We see this world and sin affecting so many. So few that love holiness. So few that love truth. So few that love the anointing, the revival. Oh, help us. Help us, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, we need you, God. Oh, with thanksgiving. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. church has so much against us in this hour. But God's people aren't unfamiliar with battles. It's time to have revival even in Babylon. It's time to to increase even with all that is around us unfamiliar. The environment that we are called to have church in is not always easy. Powers of the enemy fighting us hard. But we must, we must continue on to the very end. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. God, we worship your holy name. Thank you for faithful men and women that love this truth. That will not bend, they will not bow. 
thank you for men and women that love holiness and separation, that love revival, love a move of God. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Help us, I pray. Encourage your people to stand in this late hour, this last day. Thank you, Lord, for your strength and your help. God, bless your people, Lord, as we give our, Lord God, ourselves fully to you, that you would use us throughout this week for your glory, God. Bless your people. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Love you. Let's pray for great things this week. Pray for God's will to be done.